Bibles with me, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and uh, we're just going to read one verse, uh, so uh, let's, let's stand for that one verse we read, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and uh, we read this admonition by Paul given in chapter 5 and verse 18. Uh, why don't you read it with me as we, let me see, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, not chapter 1. Um, why don't you read it with me out loud, as soon as I can get to it, there it is. Uh, As I read it all together, ready, begin. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do come tonight with a thankful heart. And we we do stand before you, people that truly uh, should be thankful. We should be thankful we live in a free nation where we have the liberty uh, to, to worship you. We should be thankful for our homes and our families and the jobs that we have, and the opportunities we have to uh, fellowship together. We should be thankful for our church. We should be thankful for our Savior. So we come tonight with a thankful heart and ask that you would speak to us and teach us and remind us of some very important things as we gather together. And we ask your blessings upon all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Every one of us here tonight certainly have some things to be thankful for. Why don't we take just a moment. Who has something they would like to just say? I'm thankful for, who has something to say? Tabor? The health of his family. George? Your wife and children. Amen. Randy? A church like Berean. Amen. Anybody else? I'm thankful for something. Anything? Lino? Thankful for being saved by the grace of God. These are wonderful things. You know, most of us were raised to express thanks for the things that are done for us by another person. And, and certainly all the things we just expressed thanks for are good things, but are, are things to be thankful for. But did you notice they were all good things? They were all pleasant things. Few people have learned to express thanks for the things that are done to them by another person. So we all, we're all thankful for the good things that happen. We're all thankful for our home and our family, our salvation, our church, our pastor. Yeah, we're all thankful for these. But what about the things that are unpleasant? You see, we equate thankfulness to good things. Seldom do we equate thankfulness to unpleasant things. Students seldom are thankful for failing a test. Employees seldom are thankful for getting fired from their jobs. And this is because these are things that we consider bad. And we don't feel thankful when bad things happen. Yet God does not look at things the way that we do. Take death, for instance. In Psalm 116 and verse 15, the Bible states, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And we don't view death as precious, but God does. God sees the end of our paths. In Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, we read, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Do you see that? Declaring the end from the beginning... And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. God knows the end of everything. 
God isn't sitting in heaven tonight looking down at me right now and saying, I wonder what tonight. God isn't, he's not doing that. He already knows what I'm going to preach. He knew what I was going to preach from the beginning of time. God knows the ends of all things. The things that we face are not unknown to the Lord. In fact, they are ordained of God. And we have the confidence to know, you and I tonight as we sit here, have the confidence to know that no matter what befalls us, we have the confidence to know that all things work according to God's plan and God's purpose. For in Romans 8.28, Paul reminds us, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So things will not always go well. Things will not always be pleasant. Yet we are commanded in everything to give thanks. Not in every good thing or in every, or in every uh, happy thing. But we're commanded from the Word of God in everything to give thanks. For this is the will of God. Everything. The bad things as well as the good. Because you, we have to remember God has ordained the bad for us as well as he's ordained the good for us. So we must be thankful for everything in, 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 in light of Scripture. Now tonight... I would like to emphasize this point by looking at a man who endured great hardship, yet remained faithful to God through it all. He, by his actions, proved the providence of God over his children. So if you would, take your Bibles with me now, and let's turn to Daniel chapter 6. And tonight we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel. And we're going to, we're going to look at how, despite all the things that Daniel faced, he managed to to, to, to do right. He managed to continue to live for the Lord. And, and we as God's children, I think, need to understand this. Um, you know, we're in for some tough times in America. We're in for some really tough times. I got an email the other day from someone telling me, um, asking me to join in on a boycott of these new dollars that are coming out, these new dollars that have been minted, because the words, in God we trust, were removed. And I was at the bank today, and, and the teller had a whole tray of beautiful, shiny, old dollars. And I, I asked her, I said, Is those the new, are those the new dollars? She said, yes, they are. And I said, um, I, I heard from someone that in God we trust has been removed from those dollars. And she said, well, I don't know. And she grabbed one, and we looked at it, and in God we trust does not appear on this coin anywhere. You know... America's in trouble because we quit trusting in God. So you better hang on tonight, because let me tell you something, Christians. Bad things are going to start to happen in America. And we as God's children better learn how to be thankful in the bad times as well as the good times, because the bad times are coming, and they're coming. So I want to look at Daniel tonight. Now, the first thing I want to look at tonight is Daniel's attitude. I want to see Daniel's attitude. Look with me at Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Do you see those words? Because an excellent spirit was in him. Now, at first glance, this might not seem to be a big deal. It may not seem to be such a big deal that Daniel had an excellent attitude. Because, you know, he was promoted and he was up and he was, he, was a, he was a big shot and so he was happy. 
But we must remember how Daniel came to be in this place. Look with me. At, let's go back to Daniel chapter 1 for a moment. Let's go back to chapter 1. And, and follow along with me as I read, beginning at verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, unto his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Now we, we see here that Daniel came to be where he is, not by, by, by birthright or prominence, but he was a slave. Daniel was taken from his homeland as a young boy, as a child. For all we know, Daniel may have witnessed the assassination or murder of his own parents. We do know that Daniel, we don't know if he was a king's son, but we do know that he was a child of the palace. And Daniel uh, has, has been captured. He's been taken captive as a young lad, taken away to his homeland. He, he could have been as young as, as this young child sitting here uh, in the aisleway. One of these young children ripped from his family, taken away, his family brutally murdered. Daniel was, had obviously faced a lot of torment and trouble reaching this point. Yet despite all of this, the Bible states that an excellent spirit was in him. He maintained a good attitude. Now may I submit to you tonight that he maintained that good attitude because he, because he was grounded in his faith. Parents, let me remind you, that's why it's so important that you have your children in church. So important that you have your children in Sunday school. So important that you have them under the right kind of education, that they, that they know the Word of God. You see, Daniel had the courage as a young man. He, ha- he was grounded and he was able to endure all of this and maintain his attitude, a correct attitude, through all of this because of his faith. He knew that God was in control of all things. He knew that God's will would be done concerning him. And that's a lesson for us to learn tonight. We have become such a short-sighted people today. We only trust what we can see and experience. And if it does not fit our understanding, then we panic and we worry. Yet Daniel knew that God brought him to this place. And he knew that God would, if it be his will, deliver him from this place as well. 
An excellent spirit was found in Daniel. He had a good attitude. And he didn't have that good attitude because good things had happened to him all his life. He had a good attitude despite the many disappointments and the many discouraging days he faced throughout his life. Daniel faced his troubles with a good attitude. He behaved as a child of God should behave. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 12 we read, That ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. So Daniel maintained a good attitude, despite all the problems he had. He had a good attitude concerning life in general and concerning his, his, his service unto God. But then I want us secondly tonight to notice that I want us to notice Daniel's testimony. Not only do I want us to notice that Daniel had a good attitude despite all the hardships he faced, I want us to notice that he had a good testimony with those around him. We read in Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. You see, they didn't like the fact that Daniel had been promoted above all of them. This, this slave, this, this child of, of, of a conquered nation is going to be above all of them in, in prominence and importance. And they didn't like that. So they were trying to find something that they could pin on Daniel that, to discredit him before the king. Let's read on. But they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Now I want to stop right here too, because it doesn't, it's not talking about being faithful to God here, although he was. When they say he was faithful, it's, they're talking about the kingdom. He was faithful to the kingdom. He was faithful to, to King uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was faithful to serve in, in the place that he had been placed. He did what was expected of him. Most of us, if we were put in a position like that, if we were captured as slaves and put in a place like that, we'd probably, we'd probably hang our lip all the time. We'd probably moan and gripe and complain. And we'd probably resist everything with every fiber of our body. But not Daniel. He was faithful to the kingdom. That's why he was trusted by the king. Let's read on. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now Daniel had quite a testimony. These men sought to to find something that they could pin on him to discredit him before the king, and they couldn't find it. So they said, if we're going to nail this Daniel, we're going to have to do it concerning the laws of his God. And they obviously knew that Daniel believed in the laws of his God. They obviously knew that Daniel was a strong believer, that he was faithful to his God. And so they set about, they set about to to trap him. But I want us to notice that the the great testimony of Daniel. We're talking about a, a boy who had been taken from his home um, possibly saw the murder of his parents, brought to a foreign land, placed in, uh, un, under, under lock and key, uh, told when to get up, when to go to bed, when to eat, when, when to do everything. And yet he maintained a good attitude through all of that. And he remained faithful, faithful to all his duties, despite all these things. 
This fits the old adage, right thinking yields right actions. Daniel knew that by the grace of God, he could do whatever he was called to do. You know, we forget that as American Christians today. We forget that it's God that gives us the task and it's God that helps us complete the task. In fact, it's God that does it all. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Hey, dads in this room, husbands in this room, you can be a good husband, you can be a good father, you can be a good employee, you can be a good church member. You can do all these things because these are the things that God has desired for you to do and God will equip you to do what he calls you to do. You can't do anything in your own power, but you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. And Daniel knew that. Daniel knew he may never see his homeland again. He knew he may never see his family again. Yet he remained faithful in all that he did because he knew that he could endure all of this with the right attitude because God called him to do this. He knew that by the grace of God, he had the strength to face every trial that this life could throw his way. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. And Paul is saying, I am what I am by God's grace, and God's grace is not is not." Cast upon me in vain for what God has called me to do, God will help me to do. I'm talking to some young people tonight who need to take stands for the Lord. I'm talking to husbands who need to to be a better husband. I'm talking to to, to fathers who need to be a better father. I'm talking to people that are are afraid of and worried and concerned about how they're going to pay the light bill, how they're going to to put food in the house, how how are we going to do all these things? Well, just stop worrying about it. Because God will take us through this. And Daniel knew this. And Daniel woke up each morning, and he put a smile on his face, and he went about doing the things he was asked to do that were expected of him. And he did it with confidence and faith that this day God would give him the grace. What about us tonight? These men sought to attack Daniel, but they could not find anything in his life that they could use to accomplish this. His testimony was such that they could find no fault in him. If we were to go to your place of business, if we went to your children, if we went to your relatives, what would your testimony be? Despite the disappointments and the tribulations Daniel faced, He maintained an irreproachable testimony. So we see Daniel's attitude. We see his testimony. Then thirdly, tonight I would like for us to observe and see Daniel's obedience. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10 we read, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Do you see that? Three times a day. 
Three times a day, Daniel knelt and prayed and thanked his God. While in captivity, while a slave, while knowing that, knowing that he probably will never be set free again, he faithfully, three times a day, prayed and thanked his God. We see Daniel's testimony put to the test. The writing referred to here in in verse 10, where it says Daniel knew that the writing was signed. It was the law. It could not be changed or broken by anyone, not even the king himself. It was the perfect trap. These, These wicked men convinced the king to pass a law stating that no person could pray to any god or ask any petition of anything or any man or anyone for 30 days. And it was, a, it was the law of the Medes and Persians, which, which literally meant it could not be broken. Not even the king himself could break the law or change it. And as soon as that law was signed, those, those men knew they had Daniel because they knew Daniel was going to pray. Regardless of what law there was, they knew he was going to pray. Remember, they said, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And this is where they trapped him. They trapped him with his own obedience to God. In Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 through 5, we read, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Thou shalt not bow thyself down to them, nor serve them. And and, and King Nebuchadnezzar's law set himself up as a god, And Daniel refused to obey that law. And Daniel's obedience was the trap. Now here's where we find ourselves today. You and I, as 21st century Christians, here are where we are today. Our government has passed and is attempting to pass laws that we as Christians cannot accept. But the issue today is not with our government. For they will continue to become more and more corrupt. The issue today is with us. What are we going to do? What will our reaction be? Well, in Acts chapter 5 and verse 29, I think Peter stated it best. We read, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Will we obey God? in the coming years, or will we succumb to men and their precepts? Daniel obeyed God regardless of the consequence. And by the way, he knew the consequence of his disobedience. Daniel knew that the punishment for breaking this law was death. He knew that. And when the law was signed and put on the wall, Daniel said, so be it. He went to his home, He walked into his chamber. He opened his window as he did every other day. He knelt and faced Jerusalem and he prayed and thanked his God. He knew the consequence for his obedience, but he obeyed anyway. 
Now, what about us? There are no consequences upon us in America, yet many Christians don't obey because it would be inconvenient or uncomfortable. Daniel was prepared to lay his life down in order to obey his God. And remember, this is not a young man who had a red carpet life. I I would imagine that from the time Daniel was taken away from his home, that by our standards, we would say he didn't have much to be thankful for. But it's obvious from Daniel's attitude and his testimony and his obedience that Daniel was a young man who was thankful to his God. His attitude led to his behaviors. His behaviors led to his obedience. But then, fourthly tonight, I want us to see Daniel's courage. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 16, we read, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Now Daniel knew before he obeyed the Lord what the consequences were, and he knew that he had no outs. But we do see a story in the Bible where God's children did have an out. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Just back up a few chapters. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. And let's look beginning at verse number 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? In other words, he's saying, who's the big shot that's going to stop me? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. And that word careful there means we're not afraid. Now, now let me stop right here and let me, let me bring us up to speed. Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, and in this dream he saw this, this, this image, and he had this image built, this 90-foot-tall image, and, and it was placed in a prominent plains in the plains of Dora, And everyone, when they heard the music, was to face that image and was to bow down and worship that image when they heard the music being played. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship. And at this point, they're brought before the king. Now, the king's giving them an out. He's he's offering them a way out. See, Daniel had no way out. Daniel was, was, was under the law of the Medes and Persians, could not be changed, the king can't change it, no one can change it has to be obeyed. Daniel had no outs, so he went into this fully well knowing that it was death for him. And he, he, he was prepared to die. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were given an option by the king. 
The king said, we're going to play the music. And when the music plays, in other words, dance to our music, right? The world says, we'll beat our drum and you dance with us. He said, if you do that, well, good. If you don't, it's the furnace for you. So we see now, we come to the point where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we're not, we're not afraid to answer you here, king. We're not, we're not, we, don't need to, we don't need to hear any music. We don't need to think about this. We're not worried about this. We're going to answer you right now. What do they say? Well, let's look at verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Now, now let me stop right here. What, is he, what are they saying? What they're saying is, if it's God's will, he can deliver us. But either way, you don't have any control over us. That's exactly what they're telling him. You see where, they, you see where it says, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king? You know what they're saying? They're saying, if we die, we're rid of you. And if he delivers us from the flames, you're never going to touch us again. We're rid of you just as well. In other words, they're saying, you lost. Either way, you lost. Now, this is courage. I mean, these are three men standing here before the king, and they're basically telling them, you got no power over us. Throw us in the furnace if you want. If God wants to, he'll save us. If he doesn't, we're going to be in heaven, and we're rid of you forever. Verse 18, but if not, I like this, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So in other words, they're saying, we, we, know, we know our God is going to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to do it. You're not going to make us do this. And that takes courage. And this came from Daniel's companions. This came from young men who had faced a life of misery and heartache, who had the courage to do right. Countless numbers of our brethren died a martyr's death, a courageous death for their faith. They refused to deny their Lord, even in the face of torture, torment, and death. But I have to wonder if we would see that kind of courage in our nation today if we were put to that kind of test. Daniel was committed unto death for his God. But we have trouble getting people to commit to serving in the local church. Daniel faced the lion's den for his faith, while 21st century Christians are not willing to faithfully tithe. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast alive into the fiery furnace for their faith. But 21st century Christians won't leave home to attend church if it's too hot or too cold or if it's a holiday eve. Tonight, may we have the courage to raise our children according to biblical principles despite the pressures of this world. May we have the courage to stand for truth, regardless of those who have corrupted their doctrine. May we have the courage to do right, regardless of what it may cost us. So tonight, we've seen Daniel's attitude, his testimony, his obedience, 
and his courage. But now in closing tonight, I want us to notice God's blessing. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 21 and 22. Then said Daniel unto the king, now this is the next morning, the king's been pacing all night, he's been frantic and worried because he loved Daniel. And the first thing, as soon as the as soon as the rooster crowed, he ran over to the lion's den and he yelled down into it. Well, let's look at it. Let's go to, let's go to Daniel chapter 6. And let's look at verse number uh, 20. And when he, when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice, a, mourn, a, mourning, a mournful voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? And then in verse 21, Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Can you imagine, stop there for a moment, can you imagine the faces of those men who had trapped Daniel? you imagine the faces of those presidents and princes as they stood there laughing and saying, oh, we got Daniel now. Can you imagine when he, they heard him say, O king, live forever. Can you imagine their faces? I, I'd, I'd have loved to have seen that. You ever see someone who's shocked? Do you, you ever catch your kids doing something wrong and they go, oh. <laughs> Can you imagine the looks on their faces when they said, what? And Daniel says, My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. <laughs> what a story. These were ravenous lions. They were starving lions. And, and when, when Daniel was thrown down into that lion's den, you would imagine that it wouldn't have lasted very long. As a matter of fact, let's take a look. Um, look at verse 24. They, they ended up throwing the, these guys in there. It says in verse 24, And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. Now let me stop right there, and let me warn you something, dads. Let me, let me warn you husbands and fathers something. Go ahead and compromise and sell God down the river. And let me tell you something. You know what? It's not just going to cost you. It's going to cost your wife. It's going to cost your children too and your grandchildren, and every generation that follows. So go ahead. Go ahead and fulfill the lust of your flesh. But look your wife and children straight in the eyes before you do it, and, and, and see who you're condemning. Let's read on. Uh, and, and their wives and the lions had mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Before they could even hit the ground, these lions tore them up to shreds. That's how ravenous these lions were. Some critic may say, oh, well, they had probably just fed the lions before Daniel got in there, so they weren't hungry. Yeah, right. Now, in closing tonight, I want to stress the fact that Daniel didn't do all he did 
because God blessed him. He did what he did, what he had to do, regardless of whether God blessed him or not. This is what I have noticed about most Christians today. I've noticed that if God wants them to get involved, then he will have to bless them first. Far too many Christians have this attitude. Well, I will tithe if God gives me a better job. Instead of God giving you a better job because you are faithful to tithe. They'll say, if I get an important title, I will do something in the church. Instead of God exalting you because you are faithful to serve. Tonight, we have a lot to be thankful for. We most certainly do. We, our family, our home, the food we have, the cars we drive, our jobs, our health. But what about the disappointments that we face? What about the tribulations that we endure? Are we thankful in these times as well? Are, are we like Daniel? How is your attitude tonight? How's your testimony tonight? Are you obeying God regardless of the cost? Do you have the courage to live for God tonight? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. And you know what? We're not necessarily thankful for the bad things that happen. If I leave here tonight and drive down the street and get in a head-on collision, I'm not going to come out the car and say, Thank you, God, for that head-on collision. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being thankful for the bad thing. I'm talking about being thankful for the God who is in control. Of the bad thing. Sunday night, pastors asked me to preach for them. I'm going to preach a message entitled, Live in the Moment. You know what? We as Christians in America today, we're, we, we worry about far too many things. We fret and worry. Our focus is all out of, out of, out of whack. We're concentrating on all the wrong things. Daniel. Daniel didn't have a life that you would want to live. He didn't have a life I'd want to live. But yet he was a man I would want to be. I would want to be, I want to be a Daniel. But if I'm going to be a Daniel, I got a lot to learn. Because you see, I don't have a lot of bad things happening to me. And I'm not a Daniel. Daniel had a lot of bad things. And he was, he was, a, he was just a model Christian. What about you and me tonight? This Thanksgiving time, this time of Thanksgiving, why don't we just come to the Lord and say, thank you, God. Thank you for all you do. The good things and the bad things. Thank you for the strength you give me. Thank you for the courage you give me. Help me to be a witness for Christ. Help me to live my life doing the right thing. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this night. Lord, help us 
Help us to understand that we're not a victim of circumstances. Help us to understand that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Help us to understand and remember that we have overcome the world. Death has no power over us. Sin does not rule us. We live in the power and in the direction of the Holy Spirit. And we ask tonight that you would come into our hearts and help us and strengthen us and encourage us. Help us to be like Daniel. To rejoice in all things. To have a good attitude. To do to do right and be faithful that we might have a good testimony, to to be obedient regardless of the consequences, and to be courageous and not compromise or not corrupt our doctrines. And Lord, we know that you'll bless us in the end, for you see the end of the path that we take, and you are bringing us to that point you want us to be. So we pray tonight you'd help us and strengthen us as we live for you each day. Give us strength day to day that we might live for you. For it's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen.